Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. We are all entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of commercial-free five-yard rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Phones to silent, doors to cross-check, hold on to your hats. This is Five Yard Rush, your fantasy football podcast, with your hosts, Stocks, Sparky, Murph, and Nick. Hey, what's going on, Rush Nation? Welcome to the third show this week. We said last week we spoiled you before, and guess what? We're doing it again. Thursday show, and we've got a returning guest, possibly my favourite episode so far, just because the guy's an absolute baller, and we didn't really touch on anything we were meant to last time, so we're going to do it again. But as always, I'm joined by the big man, Murph. How you doing, buddy? Yeah, all good. We're remote today. Feel strange not sitting next to you uh, doing a pod, um, but it's all good. We just seem to be spoiling everyone with daily content at the moment. I don't know when we became a four-time-a-week podcast, but it's just people want to come on. So, hey, we had to give people what they want. Absolutely. So, giving people what they want, let's welcome today's guest. Returning, like I said, is Joe Pizapia. He's the Amazon best-selling author of the fantasy black book. Joe, welcome back to Five Yard Rush. How you doing, brother? I'm doing great, Chris. Thanks for having me on, Adam. It's good that you're here. Look, I'm remote too. I'm also not sitting next to you guys, unfortunately. I would be fine. I'd like to sit with you guys over a pint and hang out a little bit. That'd be fun. But we'll have to make that a, a goal in the future. But yeah, man, I, I think it's great. You guys are rocking and rolling, putting up all this content and stuff. And I think people are really starting to get the itch now. I think once you, at least in the States, once you hit June, that's it. Like everyone's ready to rock and roll. Everyone's ready to go and, and excited for football and the and the conversation has begun, my goodness. <laughs> I know. It's mad. We just launched our listen, uh, listener leagues about 10 days ago, and we launched what we'll start with four, and we see how we get on, and we're nearly fully subscribed, so probably going to have to launch some more. Um, just on that note, there is a handful of spaces left, um, and this might go out, and they might be full, but if they're not, use the code Fantasy Domination. drop us a direct message on all the social channels at 5 Yard Rush probably heard that already but there is just a handful of spaces left in the superflex and zero uh superflex idp and the half point ppr so i thought i'd drop that in there superflex idp that's where it's at now we're talking that's where the big boys play well there's a spot for you joe if you want it (laughs) i might if i could do the draft i might we have to talk offline after this is over nice we'll do that (laughs) because we're gonna do slow draft it's fine (laughs) oh okay well there you go that's better nice oh well, if you're in that league and Joe joins, congratulations. You're in with a beast. <laughs> <laughs> 
you're playing for second, <laughs> or maybe not. But you know, hey, bro, not. we're in that we're in that league as well. There's nothing yeah, we, to say we can't beat Joe. Of course no. you can. Everyone's beatable at any time. I mean, it's football. Injuries happen. All kinds of stuff happens, man. All, all day long. But Superflex is my jam, just just so you know. I know. I wait to put the pressure on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing the mind games already. Oh, man. So, Joe, what's been going on since we last spoke? Oh, let's see. Uh, since we last spoke, the baseball black book, I think, was uh, out at the time. And uh, it was a really good year for us there. And we've uh, got our football product out now. We got it out. We were... Hoping it out June 1st, we actually got it up a couple days earlier than that, so I was very excited, uh, very, very pleased with this version of the 2019 edition. Uh, we have some great contributors to the book. Um, we have Jake Seeley, uh, Matt Franciscovich, who used to write for NFL.com, and, and now he works for Madden. He's like uh, head of the, the game coverage kind of stuff for Madden. Uh, he, uh, Jake Seeley writes for The Athletic. Jake and I did shows together for years over at Fantasy Network. Uh, we've got Scott Bogman. We've got Gary Davenport, who's the best uh, IDP guy in the universe doing the IDP. We got Chris Meany doing the DFS stuff. And Chris and I do a DFS show together for Line Star. Uh, we, who else we got? We got Derek Brown. We got Nate Hamilton from Fantrax, Derek Brown from TQE, and Scott Bogman, who does Black Book with me. He did over 100 rookie player profiles. So if you're a Dynasty League owner and you don't pick up the Black Book, then just shame on you because his work in there is just spectacular. It, it, it's phenomenal. I uh, I got a copy dropped um, Saturday. It came to my house, so I've been excellent. I've been I've been reading it. I've ha- I'm, the thing is with the black book, I don't want to rush it, so it's not like you. Just get a <laughs> it's like it's like uh, it's like a good whiskey. You want to just kind of like take some things in and then leave it, come back to it a little bit, maybe have a cigar in between, you know, something like that. Exactly that, and I you know I got to chapter three on the RPV, which we'll touch on, and thought um, I thought I'd start scratching some numbers on a, on a piece of paper. I'm really old school. I prefer pieces of paper and pen when I'm doing uh, mathematical calculations. Uh, well, you know, it's funny, Adam, with that. I always try to uh, print, have it printed on Amazon on the paper that you can actually highlight and write on as opposed to like a magazine content paper. And for that very reason, because I think I'm old school like that too. I like to have the book in my hand. I like to write stuff down, take notes and things like that. If I'm, you know, preparing for a season, I think having that, kind of style book too is super helpful to people so they can actually go in there and mark it up on their own and i want them to use it like a tool for their drafts and for their prep and stuff like that yeah absolutely so there's other sections on now i'm just gonna be writing straight in it but i play in quite a few different leagues with different scoring formats i thought it might just get confusing to put it all in that, that little <laughs> box at the end of the chapter and on the back of the page i thought i'd, I'd write it out but it's it's great so I'm, I'm absorbing it um not rushing it um, taking it all in, but it, it is it's a fantastic tool. Uh, I, I sent links out to it on uh, on our Twitter, and uh, I think a few people have bought it. Um, so that's fingers crossed. We get you some more sales, so you, your kids get more action figures. That's right, more wrestling figures for my kids. Just a, I couldn't see NXT a couple weeks ago over <laughs> there. Not the UK product, just the regular one. So uh, hopefully UK will be around on a tour at some point in time. But you know, it's funny you mentioned about all the different formats, and I think that's what's so. You know, besides relative position value, which is, I think, a, a huge difference of all the other covers. You know, everyone's got their rankings, and I like this guy better than that guy, and that's all a bunch of, like, like I said the other day, that's cute. You know, rankings are cute. You know, everyone can put up their rankings, and many people are well-informed, and it's fun, and even tiers are, you know, that's, that's adorable. But you need to go more than that, because that's not a strategy. All that is is a list, and all that is is debate fodder. And relative position value, that's how you break things down and understand just how valuable this guy is as an RB1 over the fantasy league average running back one in that group of 12 in that format. And you talked about all the different formats. We all play in so many different formats. 
this year we broke down, we have standalone chapters. Nate Hamilton and I divided them up and kind of conquered them together of PPR, standard, super flex, best ball, where we have standalone chapters about those league specific strategies, what the first couple rounds should look like, how you want to build a core in those formats, what the traps of those formats, the guys that we don't like in those formats, all that kind of stuff basically standalone instead of a, here's a generic draft strategy chapter, which is like, you know, there's so much generic fantasy football content because there's so much of it that I think everyone's just starving for something that's useful and unique. And I feel like we're giving that to people and we really care more about their football experience and their fantasy experience than we do about us being right or wrong, quote unquote. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. That's why I, I bought it in paperback so I can make notes as I'm going along and think about the ways I, I use the tool. Because uh, it is, it's a tool. It's it's not a book, it is a tool. And it just gets you to think about things a bit differently. I think we talked about this when you were last on. We we picked up a, 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 a number of listeners since then. So we are going to revisit some of those things. But I think what I like about it is it, it kind of formulates more clearly in my mind the thoughts I have, but not the reasoning behind why I think that. So you always have a gut that leads you to think one way or the other. Like, I think I want to draft this player here, and based on what they've done, like I had them in my team last year, or I watched someone do it, or I've looked at some rankings, I've looked at some data, but I haven't quite got that clear. That's the reason I need to do it, and I think that's why I love the Blackboard, because it breaks it down in such a way it's easy to understand, but it just formulates that idea you've already got, but it, it gives you the confidence to pull that trigger uh, and, and make that move or pivot if you're right. You're, you're you're wavering and you're thinking for the other reason, I can't quite commit to this move and I, I'm not seeing the big picture here. And then it makes you actually think, well, I should draft a different position here. And, um, and that's well, and it's understanding about the difference between filling roster spots and building roster strength. See, there's a difference. And I think people sometimes get locked into that idea where you go, okay, well, you know, I need a tight end. Well, no, do you? Because that tight end might be a negative impact on your roster. Cause like I said, like, you know, this is my old line. Fantasy is very simple and you boil it down. It's about me outproducing you from as many spots in my roster as I possibly can. I don't care if it's fantasy baseball, fantasy football, fantasy hockey. It doesn't matter. That's what it's about. So how can you do that on a regular basis? And if you can do that consistently, well, then all of a sudden you've built roster strength and you realize exactly where, you can go in a draft or even in trades too. There's a whole chapter I put in, I usually do in the baseball book and I decided to put in the football book this year about making trades and understanding, you know, the etiquette of that and, you know, being the commissioner and what a thankless job that is and how you should act if you're the commissioner of a league. And I want it to be more than just a draft guide. I want it to be something for your entire football season that kind of takes you through. And uh, I'm very lucky to have a great team of people working with me and, incredibly lucky to have so many people who have made it such a success over the last couple of years. Next year will be the 10th year of the black book. So that's pretty, uh, pretty spectacular stuff. I can't believe I'm still, I can't believe I'm doing it still. It's unbelievable. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. And, and also like going back to taking notes in the book and stuff, I've got a book that I read on holiday a couple of years ago called take your eye off the ball 2.0 by Pat Kirwan. And so it's about reading a game without watching the ball and learning positions. And it's, very beginner based but it also has tables and note areas and it he encourages you to write in the book so when you're watching a game use the tables and try and look at schemes and stuff like that so i think if you write in the book whilst you're doing something you might learn more than just by reading it as well so So i think that's 
a bonus to have. Well, of course, I think like part of it is is the interactive concept too, and we're very interactive on Twitter with our readers and stuff like that. And you know, all of us as a collective, we like to you know we like to kind of like create a community. I feel like that hashtag is Team Black Book for a reason. You know, we we like that community. We like the people that you know kind of get in there and want to have the discussion about stuff. And I, I, I for one, I mean, there's I love advanced stats. They're great. But I know, much like many of the just people who love the game of fantasy, they don't want to be overloaded with stuff. So can you give them something that's a, that's a tool that they can look at and go, oh, I see, Saquon Barkley is 21% uh, relative position value positive over everybody else at running back one. Well, that makes sense. I can understand that. It's a quantified tier. It's not just a tier. And then you see where the drop-off is. Oh, Ezekiel Elliott is 19. And then it starts to go lower and lower. And then... You see the zero person, and then you see the negative RPP people at RB1, and then RB2 is a whole different group. And then understanding if you have two RB1s, why it's an advantage over just having an RB1 and an RB2 in that class, and and understanding how to build that position strength and how to build that roster strength. It's so crucial because I think flexibility is incredibly important in draft. And the other thing that's super important is understanding that it's not just about filling out the roster. And I and I want to drive this home because I feel like a lot of people do that too much. They go, oh, I got this and I got that. No, no. What's the value on the board? How are you going to be better than everybody else? And how are you going to avoid making picks or making moves that are going to put you behind everybody else? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I guess we're, we're on that topic now then. So explain the the formula for, for RPV so that – uh, the guys at home, we've got quite a few people that are in their first couple of years of fantasy, uh, a couple of people just starting dynasty drafts, for example, uh, for the first and second years. So uh, explain sort of that, how the, that formula working at RPV, because it's not difficult at all to work out, but just give them the idea at home. Uh, I know we appreciate that they're <laughs> giving away a bit of the black book here, but. Oh, that's okay. That. No, look, I want people to understand it and I, I want people to, to grasp it. And look, it's, I want to warn everybody, don't worry. I'm not a giant math guy either, but I, I like counting money. So if you like counting money, then you'll like RPV because it's going to help you do that. So here's the deal. Relative position value is this. It, it, first of all, it's specific for understanding that most teams are going to have uh, an RB1 on their roster, an RB2 on their roster. Most teams are going to have a wide receiver one, wide receiver two, so and three and so on. So basically what we do is we – structure it like okay well let's take the top 12 running backs and what it does is it takes a combination of projections which are great but it's not enough too many people base their entire draft strategy on projections and it's a horrible idea all projections are something a computer space out depending on somebody's weighted opinion about something uh then it takes previous season it takes three-year averages if we have them and then for college players, obviously coming in new, you have to rely on a cross-section of projections. So basically what happens is you come up with a point total when you aggregate all these simple things together. And don't worry, I do all the work. It's all in there. And then it, what, it, what happens is it pops up this number for each player of what your expected total for 2019 is going to be. Now, it is a projection in a sense, but it's a projection, first of all, weighted in a lot more reality than just the hypothetical. Then you take those 12 guys and you're comparing them to themselves. So in order to do that, you have the fancy league average, who is the guy in the middle, whatever that point total is, and it takes that percentage and it compares everybody out. So what you end up with is a nice little list of players, one through 12 at RB1, let's say in a standard league, and you know exactly how much better those people are than each other. So you know not just where the tiers are, but how dramatic those drop-offs are. And 
Where's the negative? Oh, the people who are actually below the fantasy league average. So this guy might be a good RB1, but you know what? He's below that fantasy league average, so it might be good to take two running backs right away, and that way I've kind of raised my productivity on my roster collectively. And what's great about RPV is it's adaptable for every format, every league depth. If you're a 14-team league, well, you just stretch it to 14. If you're in a super flex, quarterbacks become more important, and it shows you why and how you can front-load quarterbacks to your advantage and understanding all that. So relative position value is just that. It shows you just how valuable a player is in the format, which is, is crucial. It's, a player's talent is one thing, but their, their actual real-life value compared to the other players at their position in a specific format, that's where the real value lies. It's not just about how talented a player is. It's about how valuable that player is in the format. Yeah, and I think that's, that's so key because so many people that play the game, and, this, and I've been guilty of this in the past, go in with a very preconceived notion of I'm going to go running back, running back, or I'm going to go wide receiver, wide receiver, or I'm going to take uh, Kelsey in the second round if he falls to me. But actually, what you're really doing by going in with that preconceived strategy is you're passing up what could be the difference between winning and losing key weeks by passing on better value in in, in other positions. Mm-hmm. Because it might be that a very strong wide receiver one is on the board, and the RPV difference is is much better than what you get in your wide on your running back two that's coming back on the on the turn. Right. So, and what happens too is you'll also see sometimes like when you start to get towards the mid-range of wide receiver two into three, you'll see all of a sudden there's not a lot of RPV advantage. So that's a big red flag. It says, hey, most of these guys are in the same productivity range. No matter what you might think of this individual or that individual, it might behoove you to reach for one of those guys. You want to let that grouping come to you a little bit because the RPV tells you there's just not a much difference. Maybe it's a single percentage point. And just for context too, if you took last year, uh, it's in the RPV chapter, uh, the 2018 final RB1 uh, RPV and, and regular full point per reception league. Just to give you an idea, top 12 running backs with Barkley, McCaffrey, Gurley, Kamara, et cetera, et cetera, right? So the fantasy league average, the guy in the middle was somewhere around number six, and that was actually James Conner, who was a minus seven. That's right. So last year, even the guy in the middle was a negative. Why? Because Saquon Barkley was a plus 28. McCaffrey was a plus 28. Gurley was a plus 24. Those guys were so much better than everybody else that it just really, if you didn't have those guys, you were at a disadvantage, basically. You know, even Ezekiel Elliott in PPR last year was just a plus nine compared to the rest of the group. That's how good some of those guys were in full point PPR last year. So, and then all of a sudden it bottoms out. Lindsey was an RB1, right? But he's number 12 overall in that group. He was a negative 24. That just tells you productivity-wise how much further behind you were than the rest of the pack at that position. Absolutely. And I think that's what's key is that that is that kind of differential because, you know, in most league formats, you'll probably see four or five running backs go in the first four or five spots in most cases and being really overgeneralistic here. But actually, as you're starting to get to the end of the round, that's where you can start to to think about, OK, do I take wide receiver here and pass on my 2RB strategy because actually the RPV difference is going to be absolutely massive Whereas if I know that I'm, say, picking near the turn and I know there's a list of three or four running backs and their RPV difference isn't all that much and I know I can pick one of those guys up, let's get the wide receiver difference now. And then actually if I lose 1% on the RPV or 2%. Yeah, it's not a big deal, exactly. And I'm gaining 12% on the wide receiver, then I I net win. 
it's amazing when you put it out and you lay it out there. And I remember reading it first time you told me about it before you came on the show and I read it and I was like, I wish I knew this like five, 10, 15 years ago. <laughs> Do you know how many more titles I would have won with that kind of information? Well, and let me tell you something. A lot of people will tell me too, when they read the book, they go, I always felt like this or I thought I did this. And then when you put it in black and white, I go, oh, well, that makes perfect sense. That's, that's what I do. I just couldn't really put my finger on the how and the why. And then there it is in black and white for you. And, you know, it's, the Black Book is an independent brand. We are not CBS. We are not, a, a, you know, some big giant roto world or any sort of thing like that. We've been an independent publication. I started writing it myself years ago, all of it myself. And it's a labor of love and it's a passion. But you know what? We went from nothing to where we are now, which was number one in football books last year in August. In the month of August, we were ahead of Tom Brady's book and Joe Namath's book right now we're ahead of. <laughs> it's crazy where we are in certain spots. And that's not even fantasy, just like in football. And it means people are having success and they keep coming back because what well, works. And I feel like now it's so hard to find something that you know, you can give to people that's different. You know, I'd be like, everybody's been spoon fed. Here you go. Every host site has all this information for you and all these breakdowns and all these things. So everyone's playing field has been raised and leveled and relative position value, I think is one of the few advantages you can have out there nowadays. Yeah. I mean, it's when you put it like that, it's pretty simple. It's just being able to see how simple it is. I think I need to do a little bit more research into this and (laughs) steal Murph's book. Because I don't think it's fair that he has it and I don't. Well, well you know, you're going to realize, you know, my writers get paid too. So when you purchase a book, the money goes to all of us, not just me and my kids. So, you know, that is, it's a good thing. It is worth the, it. Look, I try to make it worth the while for everybody. But if, you know, if Murph's a good guy and he's going to let you steal it, that's okay. That's between you guys. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, Joe, I'll just buy one. I won't. <laughs> well, it's a sexy cover too. I mean, geez, you know, it's a nice cover and it's lovely paper. And uh, <laughs> I, I don't really fancy redacting all my notes on how I'm going to beat you in all our leagues this year. So I'm a let like Drew Brees comment yesterday, Murph. I'm going to let that one slide. And let's <laughs> talk a bit about the Black Book. <laughs> so what's new, Joe, this year from last year? Anything specific? Well, the first, First thing was, you know, instead of just doing one draft strategy chapter where, you know, we just kind of cover everything in there, I said that wasn't enough. You know, we really got to go deep into these things and let's and let's be specific. So that way, when you go to, you know, let's say tomorrow you got a, a super flex league draft going, well, you can go to that chapter and just kind of go through it. It's, you know, only four or five pages long, but still it's enough where you go, okay, this is what I'm trying to do. This is why and all that. And then, you know, three days from now, you might have a standard draft. And it's just, it's good to be able to, disseminate those and best balls become so popular too we wanted to give people a strategy on that uh dfs chapter this year is by chris meany who does a terrific job he and i host uh for line star we host the pre-snap show which is a football dfs show we also host the mlb show which is on deck um and scott bogman like i said him bringing that he, he is such a he hosts a college football show over at fan tracks and he does the black book show with me which is my podcast myself and uh is it the welsh and uh and scott bogman so between the three of us, we do that show, and those are the guys who host in this league. They're hilarious, incredibly smart, but absolutely hysterical. We have a good time on the show. If you, if you like sports entertainment, that's the show for you. It's really fun. But Bogman is so smart when it comes to college football. His breakdowns of these players are just incredible with the rookies, and he goes so deep into all of them. He goes into the undrafted free agents. Um, I mean, it's crazy because some of the stuff he's able to do because of his knowledge of the college football world and – what he's giving you is basically just dynasty gold and, and it's just incredible. And that's a huge addition to the book this year. Uh, so I'm very excited to have that. And, 
you know, every year it's just like, how do we raise the bar? How do we do it better? How do we get better and have people excited when it comes out and we're, or asking, when does it come out? And every year it's like, you know, when does it come out? When does it come out? And that's the best feeling in the world because you know, people actually care and they want to see it and because they are looking for it because they know it works and they know, you know, success is tied into it. And that's, that's a really good feeling. It's, it's a lot of pride. That's for sure. Yeah. I think also go on, go on. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, it must be not only exciting for people to want it, but when it actually hits the shelves and and ebook and wherever you can get it, it must be quite a relief to finally think, phew, it's out there. Oh, hundred percent. Oh yeah. Oh, Memorial day. The book was done here, which is in the States, you know, our holiday here. And, uh, it, it was great. I had a barbecue had a bunch of the, the neighborhood friends over and stuff like that. And, just grilled. I made some pizzas on the grill. I did everything just grilled meat and just had some beers and hung out. And it's, it is a, it is a weight off your shoulders. The, the last like three weeks leading up to the book are madness, especially on top of all the other writing and, and podcast stuff that I do. But yeah, when it's done, it's, it's a good feeling for them and it's a better feeling for me. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, good. That's how we can take a breath here and move on. No doubt. No doubt. So do you have a, a big takeaway from this year's book? You know, the big takeaway for me this year when I'm when I going through it, some of them are I feel like there's so much great value in that wide receiver two group, the guys like Calvin Ridley and Mike Williams and, and that core guys there, that I feel like those guys are all capable of taking that step up into the wide receiver one category sooner than later. And I think that was a big takeaway, and they're all coming at a very good value so far ADP-wise. Um, and, and the other takeaway too, that I, I keep trying to drive home and I feel like it's starting to take hold is I want people to start playing more super flex and on OP or whatever you want to call it, where the quarterback is available in that other flex position. And that changes the game significantly. And I encourage people to do that because number one, it really takes a lot of the injury quotient out of it. Cause quarterbacks tend to stay healthier for the most part, because the rules are set up for them to stay healthier. And you know, when you have all this triage of these guys like you know we have david johnson gets hurt and todd Gurley. everybody's worried about him and all this stuff all of a sudden like, if you don't if you lose that star running back then all of a sudden you feel like your season's kind of over and super flex that's not usually the case because you can build your team differently and it opens you up to philosophies and it changes what the first two rounds look like dramatically and i think if quarterback is the most valued position in the nfl which it is then why isn't it the most valued position in fantasy and i think that's something we have to take a hard look at and uh, i've been continuously trying to pound the pavement for that John Lobb and myself have been trying to make that a thing for the last five years now and I feel like it's starting to take hold that's a big one uh and just looking overall I think there's a great amount of young first and second year talent and even third year talent at the running back position where you're gonna have to take some shots there's gonna have to be a lot of belief in guys like Cook a lot of belief in guys like Gurley a lot of belief in Mixon that you know these guys can stay on the field and perform and if they can, it's going to be a really exciting year. But um, one more takeaway, too, is that Atlanta Falcons team, I think, has a lot of weapons this year. I would be very, very – I would want to own a lot of shares of that offense this year. And they're playing indoors a hell of a lot. Yeah, <laughs> playing indoors a hell of a lot is indeed uh, – well, probably, what, 10 games out of the year between their home games and then they play New Orleans and probably one or two others. they got 14 in – they got 14 either in, indoor no. – or in um, favorable weather conditions. That's crazy. I mean, and you know, it's funny. You go through it and you say, you look at the quarterback position and there will be people who will overpay for Mahomes. And I understand that. Um, I will be people overpay for Aaron Rodgers, which I don't in a single quarterback league understand because 
again, RPV will tell you, as great as Ryan Rodgers is, as big of a name as he is, in a single quarterback league, there's no reason to reach because you can get really good productivity. And one of those guys is Matt Ryan. Two yeah. of the last three years, he almost threw for 5,000 yards, and I feel like nobody cares. <laughs> like, like, seriously, guys? Like, nobody cares about this? Oh, I, I'm trying to buy Matt Ryan everywhere I can at, at the right price because he was number two last year. There's no reason he can't finish around that number again. He was MVP year. two years ago, even. Yeah, it's crazy. And with Dirk Carter, he's going to be allowed to throw that ball even more. Yeah, look, I, I think that, you know, you look at teams like Cleveland, they've got a lot of weapons this year. Um, but there's a lot of great debate, too, and I try to do that. I always open it up for questions. Well, the book, Every book used to start with five burning questions, and I used to come up with them. And then I started opening them up to the readers. And now I was like, yeah, screw it. We'll just do as many good ones as I get. And I got a ton of ones, and I, I tried to pick as many as I could for the book. And the first chapter is literally those questions about what do we do with Kareem Hunt? What do we do with Chubb? What do we do with you know Todd Gurley? What's your approach with this and that? And I feel like those are the things that are on most people's minds. So right off the bat, like let's talk about these topics that everybody has is thinking about and concerned about, and let's get an idea of how we want to approach them together as a unit here and how what's the best practice for this situation and the Chubb situation and, and whatnot. And I think that is something that's um, right off the bat. I think people like that and they go, yes, okay, I was thinking the same thing. I was concerned about that. Now where do we go from here? And that's good. I think giving people that, that confidence that, hey, we're all in this together kind of thing. So this season, Joe, you've got, um, obviously you've, you've put so much effort in the book. You've got uh, the podcast going and now you're prepping for your, your fantasy season. So for, for the 2019 fantasy season, how many leagues are you planning on, on playing in? Uh, I'm probably going to be more than last year. Last year I tried to size down a little bit, but I don't know. I, I feel like 10 is a good number. Once it goes over 10, I think it gets out of control for me anyway. I know some people do 25, 35. I, I can't. I just, I don't know. And I think it's also because I cover more than one sport. It's a lot for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but football is easier to do more leagues than baseball, especially because you don't want to be that person who checks out. So I'll probably be in 10 to 12 leagues. As I'm saying this, it'll probably end up being slightly more. I'm going to try not to, but uh, I'm excited. I'm actually going to be in the uh, FSGA draft in a couple weeks uh, representing Fantrax over there, which is also on Fantrax HQ where I uh, write articles for them. So I'm going to be doing the draft for them, and that'll be fun. That's in New York in a couple weeks at the end of June, which is like the first kind of big industry draft. So that'll be a good time. And uh, then we got the Flex draft, which is another fun draft. It's uh, Jake Seeley runs that league. And it's got a great cross-section of people. It's got like Radcliffe in it and Mike Clay and uh, uh, Elliot Christ and a lot, a lot of fun people in that league. Adam Ronis will be in there. And this year we're playing a flag football game apparently, which I am super excited for because there's nothing like seeing whether or not these quote-unquote fantasy experts can actually throw and catch a ball. That's my favorite. I live for that because in baseball a couple years ago, we had an industry draft at the Staten Island Yankees ballpark. We took batting practice. And, you know, this old man, he can still hit the ball pretty far. He had a couple out. I was still pretty good representing myself pretty well. And uh, it's funny to watch those people who talk a lot about baseball who can't hit one. So I, I like that. That makes me smile in my, inside my heart. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. And I don't have to take somebody out, too. You know, like one or two, uh, you know, quote-unquote experts who, you know, talk a lot of trash. You might have to get on the on the field in the flag football game. Oops. Oh, oh a shoulder just came out of nowhere. You know, kind of, you know. I, want, I, told, I told Jake, I want that draft. That's the draft, the draft of the flag football teams. I want that on the radio. That's what Sirius XM Radio should be hosting because I want to see the guys who get picked first and last in that draft. Oh, and on top of that, 
You've got to get someone to come by and do play by play. Oh, that's a hundred. Oh, that's a great idea. I'm, I'm in. I want whatever game I'm not in. I'm doing the play by play for. Oh my god! Color. <laughs> I, I would tune in and listen to that. I would find a way to find out how we could get it over here, and I would listen because I might have to. I might have to uh, text Bob Mennery. I've had Bob on my show. See if he can do a couple commentary on like some awful you know, like moment. I might have to bring the video camera there and take some clips there. I don't know where or how it's going down. All I know is I want Eric Young on my team because he's a very strong human being. He's a professional wrestler from uh, WWE. So <laughs> I know Eric, he's a friend of mine, but I, I want Eric on my team. That's all I know. Everybody else, I don't care. <laughs> That's so good. That I tell you what, because um, so Stocks was, t- was telling me, uh, he, he, well, you tell the story, Stocks, and I'm going to tell it on your behalf. <laughs> well, what's this for, for the yeah. combine? Oh, yeah. So for our redraft league last year, Joe, we hosted our own NFL combine sort of thing to determine draft league. Oh, God, it's a great idea. I love that. Yeah, it was so good. Like we just basically took over our local park. We took a bench press down. We set up cones. (laughs) I'm going to talk about this on my show tonight. We're recording the show for tomorrow. This is this is the best thing I've ever heard. What was your 40 time? So I ran a five one. That's respectable. There you go. Hey, that's awesome. Yeah, I came second. Now, this is where my uh, Josh drink podcast favorite. He was wearing cleats and everyone else was wearing trainers. So Josh won. He's fast, but he shredded everyone because he was wearing cleats. Smart man. Yeah, so we're going to ban it next year because not everyone owns a pair. So I think it's it's fair. Everyone's on a le- level playing field. I give him credit um, for thinking of it that time, but you're right. Level the playing field after that. But if he brought the cleats, uh, that's good on him. He was thinking outside. At the box. Yeah, so I came second in the three cone. Um, I came third in the bench because I stopped at 26 because I didn't think anyone else could bench more than me. But actually, everybody was cheating, doing half reps and got to like 35. Bearing in mind, that's not on combine weight, Joe. That was on 40 kgs. No, right, right, yeah. 80 pounds-ish. So where, where did this end you up after all this? What, what was your draft slot? So I, I finished third overall and I picked number 10. Um, I picked on the turn in a 10-team league, and what did I do? I think I had the worst record in the league, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I hope, you're, I hope you've been trading this off-season now. <laughs> yeah, but, no, but to, to be fair, uh, we played a flag football game afterwards, and I, I torched absolutely everybody. There you go. So there you go. That, I, I won it, really. That's, that's pretty impressive for there a guy with no knees. <laughs> yeah. <Whoa>. <laughs> i'll tell you it gets harder i I turned 40 last year and uh you know i I still consider myself somebody pretty good athlete you know i still go to the gym i still work out i still you know can run five miles not a big deal and stuff like that i do it semi-regularly you know but once you get older man it is something like you wake up some days and you're like you know when you're young you wake up and you go well i know why that hurts you know because something stupid you did the day before but when you're old you're like why does this hurt i don't understand i didn't even do anything and that's that's the difference when you start to cross over that 40 plateau. It starts to, I don't know why, but uh, I love, I, that is the greatest thing. And I've never heard anybody doing a combine to make draft order. So basically that was your, you got to pick then your slot is what you're saying, right? Yeah. So whoever won it got really? to pick where they wanted to draft and then it, it filtered down until the last person had to take wherever it was left. That's absolutely but brilliant. I love it. We're, um, we're doing it again this year for our like home redraft league. So, um, we'll take some videos and photos and stuff and then we'll tweet you. Them oh my God. I, I will absolutely whore those videos everywhere for you. That is the funniest thing. I think it's, I think every league should do that. I think it's just super fun. And, and it goes back to, you know, we used to do, you know, my baseball league, we used to always have a, after the draft, we'd all go outside and have a big wiffle ball game. And that's, that's like part of the fun. It's 
like the camaraderie, and that's what fantasy sports is supposed to be. It's supposed to be fun. You know, the black book is serious, but it's fun too. It's entertaining at times. I think when you read the the player profiles and stuff, we we don't we take the work seriously, but we don't take ourselves too seriously. And I feel like some of the stuff it's just so far now to one end where it's so so many deep stats and so overwhelming that I just feel it's difficult to apply. I like I like I like useful. I like applicable. I like understandable. Those things, those are those work for me, man. That's what I want. And if that, I always try to say, well, what do I want? And then try to give that to everybody else because I feel like if you're if you're asking and being honest with yourself, what is it that I think would be helpful? What do I want from my fantasy coverage? And then you try to do that. Well, then there you go. And I'm sure that's what you guys are starting to do there. And I love that you guys are helping to, to grow the base over there uh, across the pond. I think it's just tremendous, man. And really excited because I think the NFL product, like you guys were telling me last time, is really starting to take hold over there, which is great. Yeah, it really is. We're really lucky that we not only get to participate in another country's sort of not national sport, but one of their big sports. And then also that we get games over here. And there are some countries that don't get, well, there's loads of countries that don't get the games. And the fact we have four, we're blessed. So we get, we get more exposure to it than we probably should, but we enjoy every second of it. Yeah, we really do. We're blessed with what we do. Um, we love doing what we do and reaching out to fans. And I think what, what's been really refreshing in the last sort of eight, nine months that we've been together doing this stocks is that we've just met some incredible people, not just on, uh, the other side of the pond and get them on the pod, but just for, uh, people who listen to the pod and just say, you know what, you've, you've helped us win fantasy games or you've just, it's just, I've, I want to join your leagues just so I can meet other fans and just because my friends aren't into it. And I really want to just find a community of people who love what I love. And I think that's what we're striving to build here is just to get people to connect and just say, Hey, listen, here's a chance to, to play with someone who you, you know you would never meet in any walk of life, but you've got the same interests, and you can just have a laugh and a banter about it on Sundays and uh, and during the week, and and have really high engagement, fun leagues um, that you can hone your craft and get better in. The community aspect is super important. It really it, it is, and it's funny because it does cross over, and you start to know these people. Like I start, I, I've I've met so many readers over the years that I've become you know Facebook friends with things like that, and. You know, it, it's just funny, like how life crosses over with, you know, what kids are doing and this person and, you know, I've had great conversations and great, you know, opportunities. People, you know, let me know if they have tickets for a thing or something like that. And they'll hit me up about it and see if I'm interested. And, you know, it's, it's just, it's very cool. It's, it's great to belong to something. Everybody always wants to belong to something. And if it's something that brings you joy, you know, life, reality can be a bit harsh sometimes. It's nice to have something that, you at least have the uh, <laughs> you at least have the illusion that you're in control of to a certain extent with your fantasy team. You know, yeah, you're like I'm in control of this. I've drafted this team. I'm a master of my domain, and then everything goes to crap. And you know, at least you had a good time doing it. I think that's the idea. It's, it's about community. It's about it's your own, like I said, sports entertainment kind of thing. And I think that if it brings you joy, it's good. And if you can actually, be, like you said, create a community out there, people, uh, that's tremendous, man. I, it's it, it's what it's all about. I think that's what makes it special. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Um, Joe, unfortunately, I've got a split from today's pod. So this is me signing off. This has been an absolute pleasure and we will talk soon. But I will leave you in the capable hands of my co-host, Murph. <laughs> Murph, I will chat to you tomorrow. Joe, I'll speak to you real soon. Absolutely. Pleasure. You know we're going to talk about you as soon as you leave, right? Oh, mate, you all crack right. on. Very I'll good. tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, boys, I'm out. Take care. Take care.
the the book for this year is obviously done and dusted um i've got to ask you about turning the eye to, to 2020 i know it's so early because we haven't even had the 2019 <laughs> i know but in terms of is there any um are there any things that perhaps got cut uh in in the edits that you think oh that could be a nice little sneaky addition to the book next year depending on how the the game evolves yeah, I don't know about that. I, I think that, you know, we keep trying to evolve. Like this year we started doing cheat sheets also. Uh, we did it for baseball because people would ask, you know, I love the RPV, but it's in the book and it's hard to reference during a draft. So, and enough people asked where I said, okay, let's do cheat sheets. And I did cheat sheets. Uh, so like basically you get all the RPV for a couple bucks. You, you know, you send a PayPal and you get an email back with the cheat sheets that you can have on your computer or print out for a draft and you have everything right there on a couple pages. So you can just leaf through it rather than the book. So that was an enhancement. And I'm working on another thing too, which is a draft tool, which is like a sortable spreadsheet uh, that people might be able to purchase next year too, where you can have everything there in front of you and kind of toggle between all the things and see every, you know, all, all sorts of different ADP and other stuff like that. So I always try to like push to get better. You know, it's, it's that your competition is yourself. And last couple of years, the brand has really taken an uptick. And I think it's because it's because of the quality and I think the way we present it and it, the fact that it, it works, you know, gosh, what, what a wonderful world we live in where you can give somebody something that actually works and is, and is easy to understand and helpful. And I think if you could do that, you know, you solve the simple problems in life. People love you forever, right? You know, some of the simplest inventions in the world are the ones that we take for granted every day, but they make your life better. And this is something that makes your fantasy football life better. So I'm, uh, I'm really proud of it, and I hope everybody goes out there who hasn't read it ever and gives it a shot and uh, see what we're talking about. So, same here, and uh, I think what we're going to do is we might buy a, a couple of copies as well, and uh, and we might do a giveaway um, based awesome. on that to spread the love even more. So um, I think we're going to get to get around to do that in the next couple of weeks. So um, this has been, as always, absolute great fun. Have to have you back on uh, when things are, are cooking up for real. And uh, why don't you tell everyone who isn't following you stupidly and, and <laughs> to where they can uh, where they can find you? But the podcast, which I think is the perfect complement to the book as well, because you do talk about a lot of the things in there as well. And we do. Um, yeah. I, I I love it. I, we talk about a lot of nonsense too. We had a big discussion about what the hell is this orange vanilla Coke the other day. Oh, yeah, I heard that. We had a long discussion about Thor movies and, and stuff. Like, you know, we, we, we drift. We drift a lot and uh, it's a funny show and we've known each other for a long time so you could tell. Um, so it's a, it's a good time. But yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at JoePizzaPia17. Uh, the Fantasy Football Black Book 2019 is available on Amazon for paperback. Because I know most people like to, you know, have it in their hands, which is understandable. I do too. You can also get it on Kindle. It'll be on iTunes later in the week. But if you can't wait, uh, I know Kindle has a free app that you can uh, get where it goes right on the iPad and you can get it there. So uh, you don't have to wait. But it should be up there by the end of the week. But Amazon's the main spot for it. And uh, most people tend to order the paperback. And uh, Fantasy Football, excuse me, just the Fantasy Black Book podcast, uh, which is everywhere you can listen to podcasts is out there through the Fantrax Podcast Network, and I uh, write for Fantrax as well. I host MLB DFS for Line Star on the On Deck Show. I host In This Ring with Tim Heaney, and uh, that's that's a lot. I think I want to take a nap. I think that's enough stuff. <laughs> yeah, definitely uh, definitely give Jeff all. He's a great interaction on Twitter. He'll answer a lot of questions as well, and uh, – yeah, it just uh, and the podcast is great. Uh, I I tune in, subscribe. You know, I, I I like my baseball. It's not my absolute favorite. Um, 
sport but i do love it and you guys keep me up to date which is which is great and you have a lot of fun doing it i have to question the thor ragnarok take that was on uh earlier. oh we're gonna have to get you we're gonna have to get you on the show then yeah. Murph. that's what we gotta do and look anytime you guys want me back man i am always happy to come and chat with you and we've got a long long preseason ahead of us here we got three months of uh draft discussion to go so i'm excited man i think it's all starting to kick off right now yeah i couldn't agree more um, we'll definitely get you back but in the meantime thank, thanks for that and for everyone listening thanks for listening as always and until tomorrow keep rushing you can live a long healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforumc.org. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.